2: Rust Well if it isn't the Star Spangled Man with a plan What is your plan today? Up to Neverland <laughs>
1: Take your pixie out of your pockets, Neverlanders! Sprinkle some of that pixie dust around, grab that happy thought, and let's fly away to Neverland for the first time officially in 2018, because despite when you may have listened to the last show, we actually did record that in 2017. So this is the first real 2018 show, so yay! I'm not hearing the thunderous applause, y'all. i not clapping loud enough. You know that I can hear you through your radio or your phone or your whatever device you're listening to, right? You're supposed to clap loud so I can hear you. Yes. Yeah, oh, but guess what? Lost boy Eric's with us. Hello.
0: How was that for the thunderous applause?
1: There we go. And we brought some fairies back to life for all those people <laughs> who said they do not believe in fairies. We have to have all the clapping. Right. See? This is Neverland. That's the way this works. Uh, we're going to be. Uh, I have limits on how much data I can upload into Libsyn every month. So for the remaining, well, pretty much the entire month, we might have to be just a little short with some of our shows uh, because I, I want to make sure I can fit it all in. Uh, because that that year-end extravaganza was. Uh, we recorded for like three and a half hours, and after I did a thing where I truncate silence, so it shrinks it back down, compress it, and it was we were what we were like, we lost about ten fifteen minutes of dead air, uh, and I think I accidentally lost one of uh, Mortis's jokes somehow because oh. he's quiet. But we still ate up a lot of data with that show So we have to make our shows kind of succinct So here's the fun thing And we, we, I want to do this a bit more often We are planning to, on our YouTube channel We'll go through, and like this week We're going to have some news stuff to talk about But we're going to do that strictly on YouTube So you can watch us live again Or, well, not really live Because you're, if you're hearing this, it's too late to see it live But you can come and watch us on YouTube uh, But today, we're just going to have, have some fun And talk about some main content stuff uh, no stories, no trailer today. Well, we do got some ride audio. Eric had a fun time, and now you've gotten to ride it twice. Uh, yes. The new Star Tours with Last Jedi content. Not
0: only that, but I also got to get a little uh, sneak peek at what uh, Batuu is going to look like.
1: Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah, I think you, you showed me some pictures that uh, they had the display, I guess, that was out at D23.
0: Mm-hmm. That display is now, or a portion of that display is now... Uh, viewable at uh, the Tomorrowland Launch Bay uh, in Disney California, or Disneyland California.
1: Cool, uh, and uh, does, I, is that at all connected? Because uh, Star Tours, I think you mentioned that you get to see Batu at the end of Star Tours now?
0: Yes, at the very end of Star Tours. Uh, in the past, you've landed in various different locations, and we know, and we have talked about some changes uh, that are going to be coming to Star Tours very soon. Uh, Currently, uh, every uh, ride is ending in Batuu uh, after you've escaped from the First Order, so uh, it's going to work a little bit better in Florida, because that's going to be part of the entire uh, Galaxy's Edge area. Uh, California, we're still waiting to see how that's all going to work out together, because uh, Tomorrowland is quite some distance away from where uh, the uh, Galaxy's Edge is uh, currently being built Hmm Let's take a ride at a Disney park Let's take a ride right now Boop. Oh, oh. boat
1: Star Tours 1401, you are cleared for departure. Initiate takeoff sequence. What? Are takeoff sequence initiated?
2: R2-D2, what's going on here? We are not ready for takeoff! The captain isn't on board yet! You never come find this thing. No, neither can you. We need a proper pilot! Attention, all transport calls for security clearance. Stone Troopers will be deactivated for sure. Hold it right there, Captain. I'm not actually the captain. We're looking for this rebel spy. Have you seen her? No one on this transport. We're across anybody else. here. This is the speeder we're looking for. Blast them. you <laughs>
1: Goodbye That'll be interesting, yeah. Because I guess they'd, it would be convenient if you came right off the ride and you're boom, batu, right there. <laughs> yeah, that would make it a lot of sense. So yeah, well, I, you know, it, you might lose a little bit of the illusion in Disneyland, but I, I don't think it'd be at all, anybody will anybody is going to complain that much. You know, we're
0: just happy to have what we can get.
1: Yes. Uh, and um, some would say that about Star Wars the Last Jedi. Sometimes we're just happy to get what we can get and sometimes we're just happy because we just enjoyed a Star Wars movie. And some people are you know are also that fans that if it's not quite what they expected, they uh, they get pretty upset. So and that's actually what we want to talk about today is I want to help defend the movie and help with some of the issues that I've seen some people that they what they did not like, and I want to help kind of make you, you know, help calm some of the, some of what people didn't like. And maybe if there's some stuff you didn't like, maybe, you know, give it another chance. Come back, because I've heard a lot of people say, oh, well, you know what? The second time, I actually liked it better. And even for me, I loved it the first time. The second time was even better. I noticed more. Uh, Heather wants to go and see it a second time. We haven't gotten a chance to see it a second time, which it will be my third time when we finally get the chance. But, you know, I think because there's so much to process in the film that, you know, getting that second viewing so you can sit back and just soak in more. It really does help. Have you gotten to see it a second time yet?
0: Yes, I have, and I have to agree. That second... You know, I came out of my first viewing just elated, excited, and was so surprised when I saw people had concerns and problems with the film. Mm -hmm. Uh, So when I went in to watch it for a second time, I kept an eye out for some of the issues people had. And while I can understand why they feel that way, I think that there's still enough internal logic within the movie to uh, explain those inaccuracies or those misconceptions away. Mm
1: -hmm. And I made a list of of, of a few that I saw even on the the official Last Jedi uh, Facebook feed where they were, you know, Presenting, oh hey, you know, come see the movie. It's doing really well, and even though it's, you know, it's going down like a normal movie does over the weeks, it does slowly decline. Uh, and so that when they've been posting up, though, that it's still making a ton of money. Uh, mm-hmm. There's still people that are putting up angry emoji faces and, and listing their their problems they've they've had. And so I I grabbed some of the ones that I could remember, and I thought, well, let me try to address some of these to get you kind of step back and and maybe relax and maybe be able to come in and enjoy it the second time. Mm-hmm. So. I'm gonna. I tried to put these in order, and if there's any any issues you've seen that you think of that I didn't list, just let me know here. But the, okay. one of the first things was basically gravity issues. Uh, basically, there there's people upset, you know, that wait a minute, how come you have these bombers? How can you drop bombs? There's no gravity in space. For that, I remind you of TIE bombers. We went through an entire Empire Strikes Back movie and you had these bombers that were dropping stuff on asteroids, dropping on other ships. I mean, we saw them even in Return of the Jedi. Even in some of the games, there's bombers that drop bombs in space. And they seem to have some maybe a propulsion, perhaps? And you know, when you look at the, what was dropping the bombs on the uh, ships in The Last Jedi, I'm, I'm figuring that that machine probably gave it a little bit of a, a push. Maybe yeah, that's, towards?
0: that's that's what I was thinking because it wasn't a uniform drop. Everything was going through in kind of a sequence.
1: hmm And one thing's for sure, uh, Star Wars is not science fiction so much as it is fantasy. The regular right. rules of gravity and sound because we shouldn't even hear anything in space.
0: Nope. So nope. – and uh, we've, we've only really had two in-canon experiences where there has been no sound.
1: Yeah, like that one moment in the last show when, uh, when the... It's, hopefully you've seen it by now. We're not spoiling anything, but be warned. Uh, when she jumps light speed and goes through the ship, and you have that moment of silence before it. Bam! Mm-hmm. And even the uh, uh, the uh, Jango Fett's little um, seismic grenades that yeah, kind of hit. charges. The yeah. seismic charges. You get a little bit of a delay there. Uh, and also... Yep. Uh, episode three, that that ship who you know, kind of, I guess, loses artificial gravity, but as that ship tumbles, we, we see the ship kind of shifting, and then we'll see the reaction inside where Obi-Wan and Anakin are tumbling around in the ship, and it seems to be based on the ship moving. Now, if you had artificial mm-hmm. gravity working, no matter what angle that ship is tilted, you should be sticking to the ground as if there's gravity, but we noticed that mm-hmm. didn't happen. Mm -hmm. Now, one thing we can excuse this, they were near a planet. At the time, in Episode 3, they were right over Coruscant. Now, in The Last Jedi, were they not just right over the planet that the Resistance was based on? Yes, they were. Exactly. So there's apparently just enough in orbit that there's a bit of a gravity pull. If you need that, it's all there. So relax, go watch that scene again, and enjoy it for the amazing drama it is of Rose's sister heroically dropping those bombs. And unfortunately... um, (laughs) Poe making a big mistake and not listening to his commanding officers and costing a lot of lives and a lot of resistance ships.
0: Oh, yes. Which we'll get into that one. One one thing, though. Mm. Uh, I do have a favorite Easter egg uh, that I've learned about from uh, that sequence. If you will watch it closely, you'll notice that there are some things written in Arabesh on the sides of the bombs. One of those statements in Arabesh reads, Han says hi. (laughs) Oh,
1: that is awesome. It's just too bad that no one will know it until somebody tells them about it because exactly. you can't see it. <laughs> exactly. oh, which reminds me of something I forgot to list that happens at the beginning of the movie. I've heard some people that they don't really like the humor uh, so much in the movie that you know in the original trilogy the humor was kind of provided by R two D two and C three PO uh, and this you know the humor is different and as they said it was almost like Guardians humor and they don't they don't really care for some of the Poe they said yeah it was kind of funny but Poe's humor there. Uh, at the beginning, um, I'm sorry. I'm waiting for General Hux. That kind of thing. That didn't seem mm-hmm. to fit Star Wars for them. To which I have to submit to you. Did we not get this as being Poe's personality in The Force Awakens when we have that little moment in front of Kylo Ren? Do uh, you talk first or I talk first?
0: Mm-hmm. Poe mm-hmm. is that all about awkward humor.
1: In yes. Mm-hmm. In the face of danger, that as that brashness, and that's that's one of the things I love about Poe. <laughs> and the and yes, we had some droid humor. We sure it wasn't R2-D2 or C-3PO necessarily being funny. But BB-8 was filling those shoes of being a droid doing kind of funny things. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was a little cartoonish. He was plugging holes like it was a, a leaky boat in, in a goofy cartoon. But I was still laughing.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, me too. Me too. You know, I think... You know, humor definitely has a very important role within all of these Star Wars movies. And uh, it is definitely used uh, to a different degree in this film. But, um, you know, it, it's always been there. It's always been a part of the series. So I, I don't understand why people are quite as upset as they are with it being used in this film mm-hmm. as opposed to the others.
1: Yeah, it's just the humor is different. It's which when I hear that, I'm like, did you want them to tell the exact same jokes or something? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I mean, come on. They gave you, they made it funny, but the characters are presenting are different with how they present the humor because we have different characters. But it still stayed within who the people were.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, let's just thank goodness that we didn't see anybody stepping in Bantha (laughs) Poodoo.
1: Exactly. Nobody stepped in Bantha Poodoo. Nobody picked a fight with a Doug. You know, nobody's got their tongue caught. Nobody got their their face stuck in in an energy binder and went numb for hours. So. Just, just, just go with it and laugh and enjoy. That's actually a, another podcaster I heard, uh, the the Real Brian show. Uh, I we've had Real Brian on before, uh, but he said like he went in there, he's just like you know what, I'm just, I'm not going to worry about it. I'm just going to get in there, relax, and have a good time. And he says, you know what, that works. If you go and relax yeah. and just decide, you know what, I'm going to have fun. Drop your expectations and just have fun. So this is one of my advice for you: go with that second viewing and just relax and have fun.
0: Just realize that your Snoke theory sucks. <laughs> and as Elsa says, let it go.
1: Let it go. All right. So moving on to the next thing, uh, and even on our own show, our our good buddy Dale Wentland, uh, he just didn't like the way Leia worked when she was flying across space mo- using the Force to move herself through space. To which I have to ask you, um, have you seen anybody fly through space? You know how that should work. Um, well, you you mentioned Kanan and rebels here. So you added to the notes yeah yeah Canaan's
0: actually uh, floated through through space, not necessarily utilizing the force to do so, but this is not something that's entirely foreign uh, mm-hmm. to Star Wars right um, It's been seen and it's been done before um, I, I think part of this is also people say, yeah we know that Luke is Leia's uh, L- Luke and Leia are brother and sister mm-hmm. and Leia has, is just as able to use the force. I think people don't think of Leia
1: using the force right you don't think of it. Uh, but th- the main L+ concern to say, hmm? oh, what's that? The main concern seems to be the way it looked. It didn't look right. Mm-hmm. But but here's the thing: we're dealing with space. There's no air. Now, Kanan going through space, he's wearing you know tighter clothing, so nothing's flapping. It looks okay. Leia is wearing these robes, and nothing is flapping. But nothing would, oh, flap. There's would. No air, flap. There's no air. There's no friction. Nothing to cause anything on her to move other than using the force to propel herself forward. You're not going to see her robes flap in the breeze or anything. There's nothing. So it remaining still and her just seeming to glide would be how that would look in space.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, you know, there's only one person who knows how or how not the force works. That's Han. And that's what I'm going to
1: leave <laughs> it with. <laughs> Yeah. And would you have, like, you know, people, I heard people say, well, that's a power. We've never seen the force do that before. You know what? When I saw episode one, I'd never seen somebody do a force push before, but I was able to accept it and say, oh, I never thought of using it that way. But that's really cool.
0: I had never seen anyone uh, using a lightsaber
1: to cut through metal like it was butter. Exactly. Melting down a, a doorway. So we're we should always see new powers and new things the Force can do, uh, and so we can learn more about the Force and help help grow the mythology. You know, seeing new things, I'm I'm happy to see new stuff, and I could perfectly accept that somehow, or another when Leia was getting sucked out, that she was using the Force to try to protect herself. Now, granted, she still it did hurt her going out into space like that, mm-hmm. and it took a lot of concentration. We saw her go into a coma, but you know, I could completely realize that, oh, you know what, using the Force she might have been able to do something where she put some sort of protection or shield around her and she just held to hold her breath for, I don't know how long a Jedi can hold her breath, but, you know uh, I would say Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon seem to hold it for a pretty good long time when that gas was released in a room mm-hmm. and of course, uh, as far as the Forces, hey, out in space, the Forces would actually rip your party a, uh, body apart we go back to the, sometimes space doesn't quite work the same in Star Wars because we haven't really had have that happen You know, Mm -hmm. they, you know, there is the lack of oxygen and it's cold, but we still have sound. Uh, You don't get suddenly instantly vacuumed and pulled apart because this isn't the movie gravity for crying out loud.
0: Yeah. If if you want a bit of reality to go with your, your sci-fi, you know, there's, there's always that, you know, Star Trek uh, show out there with great big uh, water bears and uh, uh, starships that can flip on a dime.
1: Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, once again, we just tell you, relax and enjoy. Exactly. Yeah. And I heard now...
0: Hmm? Well, I was just going to say, you know, while you're relaxed, you know, you might be undergoing a slow chase.
1: (laughs) Right. I heard some actually say that, what? The major premise of this thing is this slow chase through space where the Resistance is running from the First Order. Um, And that's the thing, calling it a slow chase, do you realize how fast they were probably actually going? They weren't in light space, but I'm sure they were full on pouring on as much as they could. And you've got two larger ships that, you know, they're they're probably not as fast as I fighter with. Mm-hmm. Uh, but really, this I think is more for storytelling. I mean, because you, you basically, they're the first order, they seem to be having fun chasing them because they're like, oh, well, you know what? We're just going to well, let them run out of fuel. This is great. This is funny. They were enjoying the torture because they realized, oh, you guys must be freaking out because they're having, you know, they know the resistance has got just enough. There's a smaller ship they can keep just out of range. But yet, oh, we just want to remind them that we're here. So go ahead and keep firing. Even if our shots are ineffective on their shields at this range, just keep doing it. It is torture. That is what they're doing
0: well and it also shows the arrogance of the first
1: order oh heck
0: yes they've got it all wrapped up you know we'll play with this like a cat and a mouse Mm and uh, we'll just let it play out we'll destroy them when the time is uh, when the opportune moment arises
1: right and what does this end up doing as far as a story it builds tension until we get to that moment at the end and we see what's going on and we don't know, just like Poe doesn't know, we don't know what's happening, we're involved. We are tense, like, oh my gosh, this what? This could be the end of the Resistance. Oh my goodness, how will they ever get away? Which, I don't know, a little bit reminiscent of Millennium Falcon trying to outrun a Star Destroyer. But it's a smaller vessel, so it can maneuver around. So maybe that seemed a little bit more exciting, but this was a good slow burn tension. Mm-hmm. And it really, and, it, and you could say, well, why didn't they just launch fighters and go and do the job? Well, maybe the fighters later wouldn't not have been that effective on the shields. Or maybe it's the same thing you see on television that you feel like they could have resolved that story in five minutes, but then you wouldn't be able to get a good half hour show out of it. So they just go ahead and for artistic and storytelling, go ahead and stretch out into a half hour show. Mm-hmm. That's what yeah. I kind of felt about this. Yeah, and
0: and I've got a little bit of headcanon going on here about this as well. Yes, the Republic has been destroyed, but uh, the New Earth, uh, the First Order, has actually undergone you know quite a bit of loss themselves. They lost Star Killer Base. Yeah. Like how, many, how much of their resources are gone at that point? You know, part of the reason that they pull back their own fighters is because they know if they get cut off from them, they're not going to have any way to rescue and and get those fighters back. from um, mm-hmm. I, I remember them specifically mentioning that in the movie, so um, you know that's the reason why they pull back their fighters and don't have them out there. Uh, right. You know, the, the First Order—they're trying to conserve their resources too. So, what if the Supreme Leader is dressed in gold? Um, <laughs>
1: you
0: know, they—they—they've they, got their own you know worries that maybe aren't as easily telegraphed as they are for the Resistance.
1: Right, and there is the question, you know, it says in the opening crawl that the, the First Order reigns supreme. Uh, well, we, I think when you watch the film, you do kind of get more of a sense that the First Order doesn't quite have full control, but they mm-hmm. are they're establishing it, and the last thing they really need to do is just finish the Resistance off, and then there's nothing to oppose them. Right. Uh, so I, I got more of a sense within the film that it is still a growing thing, and yeah, it was a heavy loss losing the uh, the base there. Uh, Star Killer base is gone, so you know they, they that's a heavy loss but there are still have of these dreadnoughts and so i don't know if in the opening crawl they should have said that they reign supreme cuz they really they don't and there's even some dialogue that leads to the lead that oh we're we're making the strides forward we are winning this thing and we are conquering it we will rule and by the end of the film they have pretty much built their own new empire they've 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 shut the resistance down at the end of the film so they're it so that's why you know we we've got a new rebellion at the end of the film exactly so, yes, maybe maybe they should have worded it differently in the opening crawl, but I got more of an like I said more from the film. I think it did kind of indicate that they are gaining power and people are becoming right. afraid, and they're afraid to even join the rebellion. It seems mm-hmm. in the film. Mm-hmm. Okay, Absolutely. so uh, let's say you uh, you've started to have a little uh, doubts in your life. Uh, you've made some mistakes, and you your pride wouldn't let you just fail at something. You figure, oh, I'm, I must be terrible. Uh, I had gotten full of myself. I failed. Somebody goes and hands you back your old lightsaber. What's the first thing you're going to do with it?
0: i don't know want nothing to do with it.
1: Yep. <laughs> Toss it over your shoulder. And I don't know why people were shocked by this. Because did we not get a trailer where we do see a discouraged Luke saying, Oh, well, I've seen this kind of wrong power before. It didn't scare me enough then. It scares me now. And it's time for the Jedi to end. Did you not realize this was going to be a grumpy Luke and that something apparently had must have happened? And so you now they're shocked and surprised that Luke is this way when they see the film? Maybe they just they really did avoid the trailers because they're afraid of spoiling anything. I don't know. But yeah, we kind of know that Luke was going to be this way. And so what I was interested to see is how did Luke get in this position? Right. And I, I have to wonder because people were excited about seeing, oh, I really wanted to see Luke train Ray. That's what I was really hoping for. What did you want, a repeat of Yoda? That wouldn't have given us anything new. This had been like another repeat movie, and you would have complained about that. I mean, did you want to see Yoda all over again? Well, I would just
0: like to, you know, watch the seagulls attacking them.
1: <laughs> Stop it now! So I, I like the fact that we do have a training with Luke, but it's a mm-hmm. different training. It's not the same way as, as Yoda had done it, or even Obi-Wan, or even what we saw from Qui-Gon. We get a different training, so we're learning different things about the Force, new aspects about the Force, without, you know, feeling like we're repeating. So we do get a training. It's just different from before. And thank goodness, because this is a new movie. I don't want it to be the exact same thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I'll, you know, actually i do take a little bit of umbrage with that um as long as it's not luke, professor no this is true <laughs> uh luke actually does incorporate some of yoda's elements into his own teaching you know what happens when ray reaches out to feel the force mm,
1: that's true yeah do you feel that do you feel that so yeah it's still it's still in there but it's 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 like it's the same but it's also different
0: yes you know it, it is different mm-hmm. it's uh you know, it, it's Luke, It's, but it's also it's older disillusioned. I've done this with other uh, Padawans, and it did not work out. So. Right.
1: It kind of no. went backwards for him. So he's exactly. a little disgruntled, but, you know, he, he's lost that hope. But this gave Luke a story arc. Yes, by it th- did. By the end of the film, he's back. He's the Luke Skywalker we wanted him to be by the end of the film. And funnily enough, Yoda came back and had to teach him another lesson. <laughs>
0: Well, you know, I kind of wonder, though, uh, and this is my speculation, and, you know, I don't want to get too far off task here, but do you think uh, Luke was coming to Rey's hut to tell her, you know what, you're right, let's go back to the Resistance, I'm ready to go now, when he saw that force projection of Kylo Ren with her?
1: Totally. I think he was coming back for that that kind of thing. He was starting to kind of think. Mm Mm-hmm. I can it's definitely go,
0: and then yeah. that just completely destroyed everything up to that point. But yeah, yeah. Um, but that led to you know him wanting to destroy everything, burn it all down, and then having our favorite 900 year old teacher come back.
1: Right, and I've heard people complain that oh, well, Ray just learns this stuff overnight; she doesn't really have the same training. You know, we didn't spend every waking moment with Ray while she's on that planet, and mm-hmm. you know she was pra- obviously practicing stuff herself, and she clearly did take those books. So she was studying those books. She was out training on her own. But how much time was it that she was there? We don't know. I mean, how much time really was Luke on Dagobah? It's really hard yeah. to calculate that amount of time because in the meantime we're just seeing this Millennium Falcon chase. We don't know exactly how that must have, might have been for days. I guess that Millennium Falcon mm-hmm. chase before they also end up on Cloud City, and we don't know how long they were actually on Cloud City. It's hard to really determine how much training Luke had, other than maybe he had hunted down. And I haven't read all the uh, the comics, but I think they do kind of mention that he was reading some of the old Jedi texts and he was trying to learn on his own uh, in between, you know, the New Hope and the Empire. And, you know, no,
0: as, as, as uh, I give as Ray the credit. Be.
1: I, Ray, Ray was kind of doing a similar path in this film. She was kind of learning on her own and learning some stuff from Luke.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and, and here's the thing. Uh, a lot of them are saying, well, we there were only 18 hours uh, for them to do anything. Uh, not necessarily. The 18-hour um, implication came in when Poe realized how much fuel was left, mm-hmm. at which point, you know, their plan was already in the works. We don't know how long... Before they had to escape from their base uh, to that point. And of course, Ray had left long before that to go find
1: Luke. Mm, yeah.
0: So uh, there, there's definitely some fudging of the timelines uh, going on here as to when exactly everything is happening.
1: Just like but, Empire. <laughs> you know,
0: exactly. But I don't think we can just say that all of Ray's training occurred within that 18 hours.
1: That just doesn't line up. Right. Because there was at least about three, four days, it seems, in that planet. Mm-hmm. And we don't At know how long their planet cycles are on that on that planet, you know. That's true. But I see you've added something on there. Yeah. One of the uh, big
0: complaints that I've been reading about online is people are uh, saying, you know, if Holdo had just told Poe what the plan was, it would have eliminated the need for um, for Rose and Finn to go and find that hacker. Um, they wouldn't have lost all of the uh, ships that were trying to escape undercover uh you know holdo's defiance was really the cause for uh a lot of these uh a a lot of the failures to happen to the resistance well yeah but i'm thinking if you're a grand admiral you've got a hotshot pilot who just destroyed your entire bomber fleet and was demoted by general organa Mm You're not going to let them know what your plan is. Yeah, obviously they can't be trusted to do the job right the first time. Why are you going to give them any insight into what the uh, next plan is? They're supposed to follow orders. He didn't follow orders. So he's lost out on any privilege in knowing what... The next step is.
1: Yeah, and I, and I think some of the people upset about this might be looking at it from that, that that bit of youth that feels like you should be trusted with everything and you should just know everything. And well, these adults, they just don't know what you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Where you, you, sometimes you do have to bow between, before those who are in authority and just – go with it and trust those exactly. who are been put in authority over you. But at the at people younger than me that I'm noticing around, and maybe I was this way when I was that age, but you feel like you should be knowing everything and that no one understands you and that you have to go and do it and sometimes you have to let go and trust and it takes a while to learn that lesson.
0: Yeah, yeah, it does. And and ultimately that is part of the lesson. Yep.
1: You know, they but, don't owe that, you anything. <laughs> exactly. You
0: know, but that entire storyline feeds into what I think is the central theme of the movie, which is failure is the greatest teacher. Yes. That's what Luke learned from Yoda. Uh, but it's through this that, you know, Poe's uh, inability to follow command and direction directly leads to Finn and Rose going to CantoBite, uh, failing in their efforts to, you know, get the, the uh, Master Codebreaker, which, you know, come to think of it, there was never any confirmation that that guy in white was the person they were looking for. Who knows where he got that uh, lapel rose from? <laughs> um, led to them meeting DJ, uh, who in the ship, as they've left Cantabite overhears that what the plan is. At this point, uh, Finn finally knows what it is after his own insurrection was crushed. Or, I'm sorry, Poe. Um, where they learn that uh, they're going to be cloaking ships and giving them down to crate. Uh, well, DJ overhears this on the ship. He can you, know, you clearly see him listening in on the discussion between Finn and Poe. And then he goes and sells out Finn and Rose to the First Order. Mm-hmm. He sells out Finn and Rose, not BB-8. <laughs> they did. have no idea BB-8 is there yet. Yeah. BB-8 and DJ struck up this partnership that led to him stealing that ship. Um I think there's a little bit more to DJ going on than just being a traitor to Rose and Finn. Because, again, he didn't say anything about BB-8. BB-8 was able to sneak away, get on top of that uh, chicken walker. And the rest, as they say, is history.
1: Yeah, I think DJ is overall out for himself to make a profit. I, because he talks about the War Profiteers, like, oh, we're just kind of playing both sides, you know, just to kind of make money. We're not really involved with what they do with the weapons. We're just selling it. DJ's kind of comes from like that exact mentality. He doesn't really take sides. He's just out for himself. So, yeah, it's like, well, I'm going to work this out with BB-8, and he'll be over there. I'm not going to tell them anything of that. But you know what? I can get some money from the First Order, so. <laughs> he's, he's a weaselly character. He's a little bit of a Lando. Yep, that uh, Jack's, I mean, yeah, Lando. Jack Sparrow too, exactly so uh, there was one thing before we got into this Uh, I there's something you added on to our Luke training in the notes that you mentioned that only two of the three lessons were taught which I hadn't thought of there was only two but the third was cut and edit but Luke could teach it as a force ghost I like that
0: yeah I would really like to see that happening you know come back with that final lesson for Ray Mm -hmm. you know what could it be you know it would be a perfect reason for Luke to appear as a force ghost for Ray
1: yeah All right. Now, speaking of that failure, it seems that Rose and Finn failed to save the slaves. Uh, They they didn't. I I think Qui-Gon said it best. uh, I didn't come here to free slaves, you know. They weren't there for that. And really, they they were using the the Farthiers to escape themselves. They were just trying to escape. They weren't really Mm -hmm. that concerned about freeing them. Well, Rose might have been at the end just like, well, hey, now they're free they were trying to get away they weren't there cons- they weren't there oh let's go free the fatherers oh let's go free the slaves no that's we screwed this up we've got to, this guy dj who might help us we got to get off this planet somehow i know let's try to use these Farthiers. or Farthiers.
0: And at least at least those kids there there's a you know they may not necessarily be directly punished because you know there's no way for the uh for whoever was over the the Farviers, uh to know that the kids far I think it's supposed to be Father's I
1: don't know. (laughs) Father's yeah, I don't know. But (laughs) there, there
0: was no way for them to know that the kids were directly involved in the escape. Right.
1: Yeah, and did, did Rose and Finn ever actually ever come in contact with the kids so much anyway? I mean, I think they did see him briefly, don't they? Yeah, yeah they, guess they the did because stable, she, showed,
0: but... she showed the kid the ring and apparently from yeah, the movie him. we learned that, yeah, he got it. So they did have that much of a contact uh, with
1: yeah. the kids. And you know, very limited. Why didn't they take those two kids with them? I don't know, but they weren't there to free slaves. Right. Plus, there's only two of them. Do you really think they were going to take on that entire establishment and be able to free all the slaves on that planet or something?
0: Well, I certainly didn't see uh, anyone waving their hand to roll the dice one way or the other.
1: Exactly. We're not dealing with a couple of Jedi who can pull some tricks like that. Or a Daudarian
0: who does not... Yeah.
1: Mine tricks don't work on. Yeah, although I'd say the Force was definitely with them to help them to make that grand escape. So... Yes, the Force can help anybody that it chooses to, apparently. Now, oh, and here's something you alluded to earlier. There, and I, I call this a fair uh, thing to be maybe a little upset about, that Snope was killed and you wanted him to be this great big, like he was going to be the big bad. But I think what we were seeing in this movie isn't so much of Snope being the big bad, but maybe Kylo Ren, if we look at him as his rise to power, as he's burning down the past because, uh, as his rise, and maybe becoming what Vader should have been because... Vader wanted to take out the Emperor. When you go in some of the other material, he wanted to rule it himself. He, even with Padme, says, hey, we can kill Palpatine and we can make the the, the galaxy the way we want it to be. Vader never took that step and took out the Emperor to establish his own rule. And he probably could have. He might have been powerful enough to do it. Mm -hmm. And maybe, and I see you've added the note, maybe that's what Kylo was thinking uh, when he said, I will finish what you started. Like, I have somebody who's in power over me. I'm going to take that step and take him out so I can rule. Seems to be his plan all along.
0: That's right. I mean, how how much more would this have been a clone of the Empire Strikes Back if at the end of the movie, Snope is still alive?
1: Yep. This gave us a completely new path.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And for the first time, you know, the big bad guy is one of our two main leads. It's not Vader, who's subservient to the Emperor. Um, Kylo Ren is now in charge of the First Order. Yeah, I like that. There's no two ways about it now. So, you know, this really is going to be, you know, Episode 9 really is going to be for the whole bag of marbles.
1: Yeah, because that is one of the things, like, the Emperor, we get to see... just We hear about him, maybe, in the first one. Empire, we get to see him through a projection briefly. Return of the Jedi is when he fully shows up. We finally get it. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's the Emperor. This and time we had... Of
0: Return of, oh, I was just going to say, at the end of Return of the Jedi... Were you walking out of the theater saying, you know what? That emperor sure was an interesting fellow. I wonder what his backstory was."
1: <laughs> and why didn't we get to see him in these other two movies? You know. Yeah. <laughs> you weren't worried about his backstory, were you? I would like you know. to learn some more about Snope. It would be very interesting. Mm-hmm. But if I don't, I'm okay. I'm just enjoying it for what it is.
0: Wait, have we been saying Snope instead of Snoke?
1: Oh my goodness. I did say Snope because I'm thinking like Snape. I think Snoke.
0: Snope. <laughs> snope. Severus Snope.
1: Yep, I messed it up. Okay, sorry. That's <laughs> I made a typo. And I've been saying it because well, I made a typo. Uh, okay, but the last thing on the list of that I heard people uh, somebody upset didn't like that Leia is able to survive deep space with the Force, but Luke does this grand projection of himself and exhausts himself and dies. I heard Rebel Force Radio actually talk about this. The how do we know that somehow, or another whatever this projection that can physically interact? Because he did. He kissed Leia on the head. He handed mm-hmm. her that 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 uh, the dice, the, the dice thing that Leia was able to hold. So there's something I, physical about it. So I, you know, all the damage he got from being shot might have somehow affected him, like in us on a spiritual level, maybe, or even that the lightsaber blows might have actually done something to to kind of wear him down to where he could have died. But I've also been hearing about like Obi-Wan when he appears to sacrifice himself he just disappeared he didn't actually ever get struck by that blade that was George's what? actual intention apparently he mm-hmm. just became one and joined the force oh, and we, we know Yoda
0: simply faded
1: simply disappeared the only time we've seen a Jedi not vanish was Qui-Gon but he was still learning this. He was the one who's kind of taught it to be able to come mm-hmm. back as a Force ghost. He And he, we haven't seen him actually appear yet. We've yeah, Apparently his voice, is, uh, he's spoken to Yoda. But they, ha- they, yeah. they had to burn his body. Vader, they had to burn his body. But it uh, stands reason if Obi-Wan had learned how to become one with the Force, that somehow or another, that knowledge also that Yoda had, had was going to be passed to Luke. So he learned how to join the Force. And really, a lot of the stuff with the Force... Uh, George Lucas said that he took it from Buddhism which Buddhism's big final goal is to become nothing. That's what they mm-hmm. did. He becomes nothing. He chose to join the Force, his mission accomplished. Right. Well,
0: and you know, earlier in the film when there's all of these projections between Ray and Kylo Ren, Kylo Ren says, "You can't be doing this. The sheer effort would kill you." Ah,
1: so I didn't catch that line yet. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, you know, there you go. Luke, Luke could and it killed him. <laughs> But obviously, though, we did see that somehow, another it it does have a physical effect because Kylo Ren got rained on a little bit. Mm -hmm. So there's definitely something to this. This is a new, new thing we've never seen before. It's like you're, 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 you're not a hologram. You're somehow projecting yourself. So it's like you're physically there, but not. So, yeah, that could have done some damage and and harmed Luke too. Yeah, it's very, very cool, very exciting. You know, possibilities.
0: Well, there's right there. You've got the answer already in the movie.
1: Yes. Okay, and the one last thing is uh, there's this article I've been looking at where uh, some of the heads from Lucasfilm have been saying that, you know, a lot of what they've put in for for even the force awakens a little bit at the end of the force awakens and also the last Jedi was part of George Lucas's original ideas to have this older wizened Luke. That's a little disgruntled. Uh, and even having Han and Leia have a son that goes to the dark side and kill Han was some of the original things that George wanted to do in these films and even had a couple characters, Skyler and Kira uh, that became Finn and Rey. So, they're, they're complaining oh we need george to have come back and to do this i boy i really miss george now george still had his influence in this film you just mm-hmm. once again were unhappy with it it didn't meet your expectations in whatever fashion which is why we say you know we've hopefully given you some different thoughts of uh, different ways to think about some of these issues you may have had so kind of let those go go see the film again and just relax and have a good time and you might come out with a slightly better opinion of the film i hope so Because this is a good film. And I think you, as a fan of Star Wars, I know you really want to like this. So give yourself another chance to enjoy it and just have fun.
0: And again, as I said, just let it go. Enjoy it it for what it is.
1: Don't think about it anymore.
0: (laughs) Again, we're living in a great opportunity here. We are getting new Star Wars movies. We've got new Star Wars content. You know, I I think a lot of the people who are complaining uh, just have, you know, They've had their own headcanon for years, Mm -hmm. for decades even, on what would happen to Luke Skywalker. You know, we had our entire Legends novels uh, exploring Luke and Leia and Han's further adventures. Um, You know, one of the first things I was happy to come to realize when I learned that uh, all of the Legends stuff was truly becoming Legends meant that we were getting Chewbacca back.
1: Right. You know, Uh (laughs) ultimately
0: you know we do take a lot of ownership in these series because they mean a lot to us however we're not the people that are writing the official stories we're not the ones who are you know producing and coming up with the money behind them uh to direct how they should work ultimately you know this is kathleen kennedy's responsibility
1: yeah not uh, disney's think... i've seen a lot of people fussing saying oh disney you're ruining it disney's not making the movies they just own lucasfilm lucasfilm is still exactly. making it kathleen kennedy is producing and i still think kathleen Kennedy's doing a good job
0: and i agree i agree i mean i'm excited to see what hap- what happens with solo coming out here Woo-hoo! in five months Woo-hoo! come on <laughs> it's a great time to be a star wars fan
1: don't yes, give is. into your hate Exactly. And I've even seen, you know, people who complain about porgs and think, oh, Disney just shoved those in, there as a moneymaker. No, actually, they took them in there because the island they were filming on had a lot of puffins. Exactly. And, uh, Uh, it wasn't even completely ryan johnson's idea i forgot the guy's name i was reading this article this guy who who came up with the idea of porgs to you know because it was it would be difficult to take all the puffins out because there were so many shots where the puffins were the ones you were actually seeing flying around but Mm -hmm. by creating porgs and having that established on the island when you saw stuff flying around in those wide shots you were thinking oh porgs can fly look there they are Mm -hmm. so they 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 created a new creature
0: now, if they could have just done something about those huge green milk monsters.
1: <laughs> I think they did that just to weird us out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and to show how much Luke really enjoyed that milk.
1: Uh, yeah, <laughs> with it running out of his mouth. So so yes, this film was different than maybe what you had in your head. But as we've been saying, you know, let go of what you thought the movie was going to be and just go in there and have a good time. And enjoy what it is that they have presented you and find that, you know, maybe this is a better movie than you've given it credit for. Don't, and don't fear
0: it. Don't fear, fear it.
1: Fear. Fear is leads to, to
0: anger. Anger leads to hate, and hate leads to suffering.
1: And the only one suffering is you, my friend, if you're not enjoying it. You're, you're, you're anger, you're suffering. Don't suffer anymore. Just and We're going to start singing the song again. <laughs> And have a good time. Just, you know, it's Star Wars. It should be fun. Come and have some fun with it. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Anything else we need to add on to this? You know, nothing more that I can think of. OK, well, we're going to move on from here. And uh, and like I said at the beginning of the show, we're going to be doing some new stuff on YouTube. We might do this a bit more regularly. You know, we're trying to have more fun on the YouTube channel, but uh, we're actually going to be on YouTube as soon as we've done recording this and uh, and we'll be on there. So by the time you're hearing this, it'll be on YouTube and you can come and watch us give us some Disney news uh, so throughout this coming year we're going to try some new things uh, I've been wanting to get back into doing some more retro stuff for some old cartoons some old toys, some old video games some old extinct attractions uh, stuff that maybe I've never gotten to experience but maybe Eric did or maybe neither one of us did but we can research and explore and learn new things to be excited about at Disney Parks uh, so we're going to have fun this year so come along with us make sure you come back next week uh, I am working on talking to because oh, I go back to school this week professor uh, Professor uh, Shannon Johnson had a wonderful trip out to Walt Disney World here over Christmas, and I'm looking forward to talking to him about his trip. And I guess he's he's got some video and some audio for us that he's wanting to share. So I'm going to talk to him this week and get that arranged. So hopefully next week we'll have some of that and a great trip report. And it's going to be great. I'm looking forward to it. I figure Eric is, too, because he's he'd never met Doc Johnson. But you're excited. It's Walt Disney World.
0: Of course. I've never been to Walt Disney World. I want to go. Exactly. So, you
1: know- those people with those free tickets, you know, hook
0: Jeremy and I up,
1: please. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, because he won them somehow like a, a lottery, I think he said. It was a lottery oh, wow. he won. I'm like, that's really cool. Of course, he got to go like during one of the busiest times of the year, but, you know, he still mm-hmm. got to be there. So, you know what would be awesome is if things get get work out just enough to where your first time Walt Disney World, I, you know, we do a trip where all of us go. That would be fun. It would be. It that would be awesome. Because hey, my, my first time at Disneyland, I'm going to let you know when we're going so you can hop on a plane and meet us there and it'll be fun, too.
0: It will be. You know, I'm personally I've got uh, trying to figure out my plans for this year. Uh, if I could convince the right people, maybe a trip to Tokyo might be involved. I can't make any promises,
1: but you can I look at, your at the people I'm know. trying to convince
0: right now. And she doesn't even realize I'm talking to her about it. But Is she in the room, uh, maybe,
1: maybe <laughs> that would be fun. That'd be awesome. So I would want to see lots of fun pictures and some audio. So uh, we better wrap this up or or we're going to run out of time and data for the rest of the month. So we'll see you all next week. Adios. Thank you for listening to the Neverland Podcast.
2: We invite you back next week for more fun and adventure.
1: Until then, remember to keep a pixie in your pocket.
2: It's that young at heart, positive attitude that you can share with others.